0: It is so cool to have Eowyn here on The Antidote. Thanks so much for coming.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You know, I've been a longtime fan of your music since you released Identity back in 2006.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) I'm dating myself.
1: Yes, me too.
0: (laughs) But you began before that. So what about telling us the story of how you began making music?
1: Well, when I was 19 years old, I started writing some songs and my dad was like, you should really get these recorded. And so we started looking for a producer. And when I went into him, he was like, yeah, let's do a whole album once he started hearing the songs. So um, my first album, which most people don't know is even out there, called One More Chance. Um, I think Wikipedia and everything doesn't even list it as one of the albums, but um, it's out there. (laughs) but it kind of began the whole process. And over the years, I've been able to do six, just about to release my six. And so God's really been just moving across my ministry the entire time. I don't want to really say how long that's been, I guess. That'll really date me. (laughs)
0: Let me guess, your very first album, you buried that in a deep, dark place. (laughs)
1: Yes, I have some in my closet. And um, there are a few people, we did a Kickstarter for Beautiful Ashes um, a few years ago, and it was one of the giveaways. So there are people who have that album out there. So if someone is listening now, don't share it. No, I'm just kidding. We actually (laughs) had a couple songs on the radio from that album. So it did help launch uh, my ministry. So I can't push it back too far.
0: Is that how you consider it, that this is a ministry and not just a job or a profession
1: absolutely um since I was in youth group, I guess when I was 16, um, the youth pastor asked, you know, if you feel called into ministry, stand up. And I remember standing up, crying. I mean, that's not abnormal for me to do, but um, I absolutely felt like I wanted to go into ministry. My parents had um, at the time I was 13 years old, and I just knew that I wanted to be a part of something that ministered to especially teens and young adults, who may be struggling with insecurities and depression and having maybe even suicidal thoughts. And so I definitely consider it a ministry because everything I do is really to lift up my Savior Jesus and also to offer that hope that He gives to those who are hurting. My heart is really that the music reaches anyone and everyone, whether they're churched or non-churched.
0: As you mentioned about this being a mission or a ministry, That comes out on the Identity album with this killer track called Remedy. And that song laid out the intentions of your music, that it is focused on your faith in Christ. Because it says, you're the cure to all that ails me. You're the one I need. You're the remedy. Yes. But obviously, you narrowed your fan base down by taking that route. So why not just make music that's more mainstream?
1: Well, what's actually funny is I've gotten flack, I guess, on both sides. Um, I've had some churches and or ministries telling me I'm not, you know, I guess, church enough because I don't say specific things about God always in my songs. But then other times, you know, I think I'm really um, I just write around whatever is affecting me at the time. So, While ministry and faith are so huge to me, so is the concept of worth and identity and just finding yourself, and I think that regardless of people's faith and what they believe, that Everyone struggles sometime in their life with insecurity and depression, or maybe just doubt. It may not be that they go into full-out depression mode, but I think all of us can relate as a society to that, that we can have those feelings where we just need some hope. And so everything I write over the years, I guess I have like 60-something songs at this point, are about hope. And I'm kind of told sometimes that my songs don't sound that hopeful because they are very angsty or honest, raw but that's who I am. So, sometimes I don't even think I come across, um, I guess, churchy enough to some people, (laughs) but I kind of like that. Um, I love just being me and just love reaching whoever, you know, wants to hear this message.
0: Well, there's other ways that those labels come in. In the past, your music has been described as being both industrial and goth, and I suppose there's really a touch of both of that. But what I want to know is, how would you have defined your music on your earlier releases?
1: I would say honest. I know it sounds kind of weird because that's not really a style, but I love the emotion behind something, and I love being real and what you're feeling because I think a lot of people sometimes don't want to be honest with their feelings. They want to be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. And then they leave, and they're really feeling, again, hopeless or discouraged So I love music that's honest, whether it's in a platform that's industrial or rock or alternative or acoustic. I just love emotional, raw lyrics. So that's how I would say, regardless of how my sound has kind of morphed over the years, I think I've always stayed genuine to that, that it's honest.
0: Well, here's another chance for you to be honest, because I heard that after the release of Silent Screams in 2008, You ran into financial problems, so then, you know, has being in the music scene been a struggle for you?
1: Absolutely. Gosh, sometimes when you're in this industry, you want to run, you want to bolt. Um, We definitely encountered a lot of struggles being in the ministry or doing the music. Um, Touring is very expensive. And we had a big bus and we toured in that for years. And just one breakdown, I remember one time with the transmission was $14,000 to rebuild Yes. So even though we were making the money, we were out there as indies doing this, we still had breakdowns and, you know, musicians to pay. And so we got ourselves in a lot of debt, which I know a lot of people can relate to. (laughs) And what was kind of sad is we had several label offers on the table back after Silent Screams came out, and we could not take them because we already had so much debt to investors. And so a lot of people don't know that, that we actually had to keep just, you know, stepping out in faith and just doing it anyway until kind of all the doors shut down. So back in, gosh, 2008, I thought it was done. Like, I thought, you know, everything was over because we had so much debt. And then coming out, I guess it was early 2011, Beautiful Ashes, my next album, we did a Kickstarter and raised over $20,000 from fans to do the next album. So it was so exciting to see that God was still making a way and that we still have an avenue just to really represent the music.
0: Well, let's go back to the Silent Screams album, because I want to hear more about the title track from it. What was it that brought that song out?
1: honestly, myself, <laughs> my own emotions, um, just really crying out for or change and desperately wanting something. Even though I knew God, I knew who He was and knew that love, I still battled with insecurities and really doubted things in my life. And I kept running across people who felt the exact same way. There were so many teens and young adults and even youth leaders or people in bars or everywhere we went, we would find people that were just hurting and just wanting to cry out. And so Silent Screams, the title track in particular, was really about stopping the silence instead of just thinking that everything's better if you're quiet. I wanted people to understand that sometimes it's okay to run and say, I need help. And so, Silent Screams was definitely one of those in-your-face songs. It's always one of my favorites. And every time we perform it live, I tell them to scream at the part of the chorus. So it's really exciting to hear people scream during that moment.
0: (laughs) Now, do you ever wake up your husband up at night by screaming?
1: I think sometimes I'd love to scream in a pillow. Has anybody else done that before? But no, <laughs> I guess if I have a nightmare, he might have to shake me awake, but no.
0: <laughs> you know, something I, that I do find interesting about you and about your style is that you're not frightened about trying something different. No. Because I know you really brought in this really strong electropop vibe on For the Life of Me, you know, a single you put out a couple of years ago.
1: Yes. Yes, I love different. I I mean, honestly, I like looking different. I like trying different musical styles. I've always liked being a little edgy. I've been told many times when I release something that that may not actually fit on the radio. And then I'm always surprised when, you know, radio will pick it up. I'm a dork sometimes, like, interviewing with you or getting on the radio ever. It doesn't matter how many times I've been there. I'm just so thankful and excited every time.
0: Can radio be stifling to an artist's career, like, their expectations?
1: I think that you desire so bad to get on the radio because you feel like that means you're kind of making it. But in today's society, it really... Is about the fans and, you know, where they can find you. So I feel like there's a bigger platform nowadays that you can be found whether you're on the radio or not. But I never downplay radio because I think that's one of the biggest blessings is for a radio station to kind of back you and support you. Because I feel like it puts that extra stamp of approval that sometimes the listener needs. So to me as an indie, it's always a huge blessing when it happens.
0: I suppose I'm thinking of songs like Beautiful Ashes when I say that much of the music of Eowyn comes across as sounding almost instructional. You know, that song (laughs) says, you're beautiful though you're ashes, you'll not waste away. So beautiful, let your eyes see life with scars, not decay. Do you see that as your role that you're teaching people?
1: You know, I wouldn't have thought that, but it makes absolute sense. Um, Because I love those moments when I can sit with someone and just offer them hope or encouragement. And over the years, I have met multiple people who come out to the shows and I have lasting relationships with them where I met a girl years and years ago when she was 13 and kept that relationship going for over 10 years where when she needs me. She calls, but I am very blunt. Um, You know, if someone keeps struggling with the same thing for years, I'm going to call them on it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yes, I guess I do kind of like that instructional kind of style of writing for sure. I like giving someone something to think about.
0: Okay, if you are being that honest and that blunt, would you ever write a song that's based almost that way, where you're going to be very confrontational with people?
1: (laughs) Well, that album that I kind of don't talk about, (laughs) that One More Chance one, I actually wrote one called Sick and Tired, and it was (laughs) actually about a boyfriend that I was sick and tired of, um, just trying to rely on him, and so that one just cracks me up. I guess I was pretty blunt on that one, but um, I think I have been pretty honest in all my songs and, and blunt a little bit, but some definitely more than others.
0: Well, this December, A1 release is Just Believe. You know, to be honest, with your last album coming out back in 2011, I really wasn't expecting any new music from you.
1: <laughs> me either.
0: <laughs> Were you hesitant about jumping back in?
1: Yes. Um, my husband actually kept telling me for, I guess, the last five years that you're going to do another album. And what's funny is I have this A1 Music account where, you know, Any sale that comes in from digital or physical album goes to that account. So over the last five years, it kept building and building until we could afford to do an album on our own. And he was like, you're doing this album. And I kept telling him, no, (laughs) I don't know what I would write. And so Just Believe really did come about in an unexpected way. And it was just me being willing to just step out and try something different and try really writing something that was right now, like not five years ago, not 10 years ago. It really represents me today and what I needed to hear myself.
0: Well, the voice is the same, but you've brought in a really different music style on Just Believe. (laughs) I mean, songs are usually a picture of an artist's inner self. So that leaves me wondering, has there been a change in your life that has brought this out?
1: Well, I think Just Believe actually came because it was supposed to be acoustic. So I've always... Acoustic. Yes, it was supposed to be an <laughs> acoustic. And yeah, you're, you're like, you know what it sounds like. And it's not acoustic at all. <laughs> but um, I literally went to my producer and said, I want an acoustic album and maybe a piano song, but all acoustic guitar. And then as I started hunting for the music and musicians and who I would work with, this came about. Like when you listen to just believe all those songs started coming about and I realized this is what I want to do. And it really made no sense when you think of it, that it may not officially, you know, fit the rock genre and it may not fit, you know, certain other formats, but it was just what I wanted to showcase. And so it definitely um, will surprise people. I think who've heard my last albums, but again, I keep trying to encourage them that this is me and definitely like you said i think the change was that i've i don't know i it's like i'm not worried anymore about trying to fit in or trying to be a particular artist like rock is definitely me and i've always been that unusual weird artist that likes to move headbang i even do it at our church i'm on the worship team and i headbang there <laughs> <laughs> so um it's just who i am so that still comes across even in these new songs. But I realized who I really was. I'm not a rock artist. I'm not um, industrial artist. I'm not an acoustic artist. I'm just an emotional, kind of weird, raw artist. I am who I am, regardless of what is behind me.
0: When you mentioned about your church, are they going to include these songs during the worship service?
1: You know, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe this will put some pressure. No, um, I think that most of my songs... Actually, even if they, a few of them have maybe that worship feel, but they're still not what I would call the typical worship song that a church would sing. Um, I think they could fit. My church is really cool that they love doing mainstream songs. I got to sing um Katy Perry song. I got to sing her song, Roar, at church for a special. And so I've gotten to do a Jungle Book song. Um, I mean, we've done some crazy stuff here. It's amazing. So I think they'd be open to my stuff being a little different.
0: Sure, yeah, you know, that fits. <laughs> you've already mentioned that the album really is worshipful. And I guess you've always included some worship oriented songs on each of your albums. But with this one being entirely worship, do you have no worries about alienating your some of your fan base with this?
1: Um what I'd like to say is that a lot of these songs have actually been on like a mainstream kind of style to me. Like some of the words I feel are more mainstream. And um, so I think they cross either line. And I think I will get one side telling me they may not be worshipful enough. And then I'll get the other side that's saying it's too much. So, yes, I think I could definitely maybe alienate some. But I think those people who like songs that are just kind of real are going to, and like me in general, will still stick with me, or I hope so. <laughs>
0: Well, you've just released a single from Just Believe called Drenched. It's about being drenched in the love of Christ. How about we spin that around? Have you ever had doubts about his love?
1: You know, I've never doubted that he loved me. I've never been that person. I've always thought he thinks I'm great. I know that sounds so egotistical. I know he thinks I need to change or work on things. But the only time that I would say I ever doubted him was back when we did the two silent screams in 2008, and then we had to come off the road. I definitely got a little aggravated and angry, I think, and my mom called me out on it. She was like, I see you really stepping back, I see you a little angry, and I realized it's because I had expectations that should never have been there in the first place. I wanted God to do certain things in my life, and when they didn't go that way, I got angry. And so I've never doubted his love, but I definitely think I doubted his decisions. And I think we all do that. Like, if you have that faith, you're probably going to get to the place where you doubt him or question what he's done. But the beautiful thing is he never questions us. So I'm so thankful for that.
0: Well, then I'd like to hear, what do you think your listeners are going to draw out of Just Believe?
1: That is a very good question, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't know. Um, Even when I released this album, I wasn't sure what people would think. And for me, it just kept coming back to the same concept. I kept trying to think, what should I call it? You know, even as I kept writing the songs, I wasn't sure of the title. And in all past albums, I had this really creative you know, idea. And I always like something that like silent screams, you know, how can a scream be silent? So I was always clever. And yet I kept just feeling just to believe like everything that God had ever shown me in my life. He just wanted me to believe him, to trust him. And so when people hear these songs, I think they'll still feel that there's that doubt there, there's that questioning, but then that encouragement on the other side to just believe that regardless of what anyone is going through or what they're facing, that they just need to believe that they have worth, that they have purpose, that they have amazing things in front of them, regardless of their situation, and that God loves them so much.
0: You know, I often put artists on the spot, and I like to ask them, which of their songs defines them as a person? So if you had to choose one, what would it be for Eowyn?
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's hard when you have 60-something songs. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really trying to think about it. Gosh, I think in every album, there was a song that would define me because it was in that moment that I was feeling that the most. Like, Silent Screams was definitely, for that album, the song that I needed to hear myself. Um, You know, it's funny because it usually is the title track. Beautiful Ashes, about God's restoration and rebuilding, and was definitely for that moment what I needed to hear. But for this one, there's so many that really convey what I want, but one of them is Set Free. Um, It's a title track I actually did with one of my good friends here at my church. He's also our worship leader, and he has a killer voice. His name is Nico. And I met him about a year ago, and we talked about writing together. And Set Free is really about being free from everything that has kind of held us back. And I think for my life right now, that's what I want. I want to be free. I want to not be fearful, not be worried about what people think, not be worried about if my fans like this music or not, but really just be myself and showcase that right now, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to say. So I would have to say that one for now.
0: Guess what song I picked out of the whole album that I said, that's the song. That's the
1: the song.
0: It's the song.
1: That's actually going to be the next single. I think
0: not that I don't like the rest, but it's just that one. Just it's like, Oh my goodness.
1: Well, what's so cool about this album is that it, Almost, I feel, isn't supposed to be just about me. And I know that sounds weird, but I actually have two guest vocalists on this album, and I worked with several different writers. And I really felt that this album was supposed to feature different people because I've never really written with a ton of people. Usually, most people just do the music with me. And this one, I was more open to lyrics and really a lot of involvement. And yeah, Nico, I cannot say enough that I think he could be doing something on his own. So (laughs) that's a great song.
0: Let's make this real personal just to finish up. I suppose everyone asks about your name, but I want to know if you think there's actually a similarity between you and Tolkien's character.
1: What's funny is I would have to say yes. And for those who don't know, Eowyn is, you know, a character from Lord of the Rings. And people usually think she's the elf, which is Arwen. But Aowen was actually um, the one at the end that this Nazgul thing said, no man can defeat me. And she takes off her helmet and says, I'm not a man, and then slays him. (laughs) And I think that she was a character that was bold and daring and wanted to be who she was and try things differently. And I feel that's who I am for sure. So for that part of my namesake, yes, I, I definitely want to do things different and maybe not always accepted, but hopefully it breaks new grounds.
0: I agree 100%. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for coming on The Antidote, Eowyn. This has been a great, great talk.
1: Thank you so much, Dave. I really do appreciate your support.